Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a weekly podcast chocker with all things Aotearoa New Zealand and some about me, Jules. Cheer. Tena Koto Katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. Today we're talking about something world famous. Well, it's world famous in New Zealand anyway, but it's been world famous in New Zealand since ages ago and it's time you heard all about it. So open up that drink and settle in. It's time for an LMP. Treasures from the Vault. So, LMP, or as its full name is, Lemon and Pyroa, is basically a soft drink. But it's also so much more than that. Okay, so let's start with the look and taste. LMP comes in a brown see-through bottle, much the same color of like brown beer bottles, and it always has, from when it originally started in glass bottles to now the plastic that we all know and love. That's just its colour. It's very distinctive and easy to find on a shelf. Hiding the liquid colour inside, which, was that a deliberate choice? Because the liquid inside is sort of a yellow, but more like a yellow mixed with beige rather than the bright yellows of other drinks. I don't know, it's just kind of a... It looks vaguely like water that got a bit dirty, which... It's not surprising once I get onto the history of how it came. But the taste, divine. Oh, sorry, details. It's slightly sweet and slightly lemony. Like, neither of those things, like, very intense, um, giving it a really refreshing taste that goes perfectly with Southern Comfort, actually, or just on its own in a glass with some fish and chips. In fact, remarkably refreshing was one of their first slogans, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start at the beginning. And the beginning is a mineral spring. Not the usual start to a creation story of a sugary drink, is it? Well, in 1904, a mineral spring in Paidoa was tested and revealed to have magnesium bicarbonate in a concentration of 73 grains to the gallon. Simplified fizzy. It was fizzy mineral water. Uh, It was described as a large, warm, effervescing spring that was pleasant to drink and locals had actually taken to putting lemons in their pockets when they walked there in order to have a refreshing drink while they visited. This spring was purchased by Robert Farewell and his brother-in-law, Frank Brinkler, and they began to bottle in 1907, marketing it as Paidoa and Lemon Natural Mineral Water. Water barrels were actually sent to Auckland on river steamers, and the nearby sawmill was repurposed as a factory while they were being processed in Auckland. They sold in 1915 to Graham Menzies, who were already doing other aerated water lines, and the Pairoa water continued to be sent to Auckland for processing as they built that new factory in Pairoa, but they switched in 1934. During all of that time, it was still called Pairoa and Lemon. In 1947, a newspaper slipped displayed the uh, switched name as well as the old one so it's clear that the switch happened around there but it's not clear if the name change was like 
deliberately done or when it was done exactly. But by 1960, when New Zealand breweries took over the Graham Menzies Limited, it was called Lemon and Pairoa. Later, Schweppes took over and formed a company called Contract Bottlers Limited, which then looked after L&P. But also in 1960, some serious work was going on with the spring, lining the wells, some new pipes, a new pump house, and they were trying to find the depth of the spring by joining lengths of pipes together. But at 100 metres worth of pipes, it still did not touch the bottom, which is crazy. So in 63, another name gets involved, Inns Tartan, but this isn't just a name, it's some money. They get an overhaul of the factory, the factory which is now like 50 years old, and they get more pipes from the well to the factory as well, measuring a distance of two kilometers. For a while, there was even like a cute cast iron pump in a kiosk where you could hand pump water from the well yourself without like you know, having been processed too much. It got filtered, but not processed. But vandals kept smashing it up too many times and they stopped repairing it. And sadness, it's not a thing anymore. Anyway, by now, this mineral water was so popular that it was being artificially manufactured and manufactured, manufactured <laughs> in several factories in New Zealand and Pacific Islands. The product was actually being exported to Australia and used in cruise ships and airlines. Continual checks were made at this time between the spring water and the artificial product to make sure that they were the same. You know, who knows if you could tell the difference. By 1970, the economic climate in New Zealand was getting tough and more names came on board to keep it going. But by 1980, the Paitoa factory was closed and the whole production was moved to Auckland, the spring still in the Auckland manufacturer's hands. And now, you know, over 30 years later and over 100 years since this all began, well, it was absorbed into that corporate giant Coca-Cola. Yep. They own our LMP. That unique and special mineral water once again bubbles out of the ground and into a well, not being farmed for LMP anymore, but it bubbles out of a concrete pipe and into a well that locals and tourists both can't touch. Kind of sad, really, but we still consider it ours. In fact, you may remember from my last episode that it features as one of Aotearoa's big things. The bottle is made of concrete pipes with considerable timber framework inside it to ensure that it withstands the elements and it has had a few paint jobs as the corporate colors have changed through the different hands and I didn't even tell you about all of them because it gets a bit tricky just renaming stuff. It has become one of the most well-known and photographed structures in New Zealand. It even had to be moved in 2002 20 kilometers back 20 kilometers, not 20 kilometers, 20 meters back. Wow, I'm bad today. Um, into a reserve to enable photographers to get their snaps without like dodging traffic on State Highway 2. It's been reproduced on posted stamps and it's been hugged by many. And you can bet there are millions of photos of people drinking an LMP in front of it. Aotearoa New Zealand's chocolate company Whitakers even did a joint venture making LMP flavoured white chocolate that is mouth-wateringly good. Like my mouth just, wow, my mouth just literally got all wet. That sounded way more sexual than I meant it, but it really did. Uh, I think I need to get some tomorrow now. But anyway, that's not all that LMP did. Cleverly to market the drink. 
they also did some seriously good advertising with classic humor twists, you know, that are just so Kiwi uh, in their humor. Like, there was an ad from the 80s that talked about the time of Paitoa and what it wasn't famous for. And these cars um, from the 80s, like, um, like Cortinas and stuff, drove past with these Kiwi accents and these very Kiwi-looking people. Um, while the song in the background is also a Kiwi classic, it's The Swingers Counting the Beat. And I may actually, if Anchor lets me today, because sometimes it doesn't let me, I'll try and put that on the end. Um, but otherwise, I'll I'll put it in the playlist, um, the Jules from NZ um, Spotify playlist with all the sweet NZ songs I think you should be checking out. Um yeah, I will actually put a, in the description a link to all of the ads so you can kind of check out some 80s sort of NZ feel. Because um, a lot of these good ads were from the 80s or modeled on the 80s ads. So they have an 80s feel, but they've been made recently. It's kind of hard to explain anyway. But the ad goes, um, the ad's te- like speech goes, it ain't famous for its Grand Prix. Well, it ain't famous for its flashy department stores. Man, it ain't famous for its stunning architecture. Well, it's not famous for its cathedral. It ain't famous for its royal family. It ain't famous for its railway station. Well, it ain't famous for its fine restaurants. But it is famous. L&P, world famous and NZ. And all the time while that's happening, so like it ain't famous for its railway station is probably one of my favorite because it's got one of those little like um, hand trucks, you know, like the two people that are pumping up and down while they just sit on that little thing going past on some railway lines. It's just, it, it's really hard to explain. You just, just click the link and go look, look at the ad or just look it up. LMP ads. Um, there's a few and they're really funny. Um, there's the ad that's targeted at Kiwi Summers as a kid, which honestly made me flash back to those days when I watched it again. And I transcribed it for you because I thought it was funny and I thought you might like it. So this ad says, back in the day, the place to be all summer was the school pool. Luckily, your mum was on the PTA and had the pool key. So long as Mr. Moore, the caretaker, hadn't dumped chlorine in the pool that morning, you could do some choice bombs. Death charges were the best, because you always soaked Teresa McKee, who'd forgotten to take her glasses off and just used to sit on the steps. But wearing your boardies meant that not only could you chuck out your man skins, but you could make a paper bag popping sound when you hit the water. And after that, you'd gulp some LMP and cheese and tomato sammies, which you ate and drank too quickly. It meant you couldn't go swimming for at least an hour, which was rad because you needed to heat up in the sun before going back in again anyway. You were there and so was LMP, world famous in New Zealand since ages ago. I love it. And actually it's um oh what's his name? Jermaine. Um Jermaine from um Flight of the Concords that's actually saying this as well. So it's like so it's like real good. Uh it's just really funny um uh he did another one as well that's like really good uh very like 80s style kiwi and it was advertising stubbies um almost more than it was the drink um and i'm not even going to explain stubbies i'm going to let the transcribe of the ad do it for me so it says back in the day when modern fashion wasn't cutting it 
Modern males demanded more from their casual attire, but what they actually got was less, a whole lot less, as they welcomed in stubbies, available mostly in brown and in a frightening one size too small. Finally, the Kiwi male was able to liberate his thighs to a breathless country and his puku and his bum. Features included a handy key pocket, although no key could fit in it, which was cool because back then, well, people just left the keys in the car anyway. Now any social occasion was one men could feel comfortable in as they drank their LMP while their mullets sheltered their necks from the long summer sun that burned on and on. You were there and so was LMP, world famous in New Zealand since ages ago. Um, I just think that's great. It's so great. Like in case it wasn't clear, stubbies are like tiny shorts. Um, that for some reason Kiwi males felt the need to wear everywhere with like a black or white singlet with jandals, which are thongs, which are the things that go on your feet. Um, yeah, it was, it's just, it's just funny because like as much as we love our Kiwiana culture, we also love to laugh about it. So, uh, one of the stupidest, but another favorite of mine was the nothing much ad. I'm not going to quote it because literally they say nothing much a million times, but it's basically just where some lads get excited about doing nothing much over at Jono's, which is very, very different from doing nothing. So you just have to go watch it. <laughs> anyway, um, I need to travel down a side road briefly about this phrase I've been using here, world famous in New Zealand. Um, the phrase actually called media attention to New Zealand as a Paitoa man tried to take on Coca-Cola in an intellectual property rights dispute. Tony Combe, the Paitoa man, previously owned the LMP cafe in Paitoa until Coca-Cola made him change the name, obviously, because as Coca-Cola is, they really don't like it when other people are using their brands and stuff. He took exception with their attempt to trademark the expression world famous in New Zealand as it was their slogan. Tony believed it was like a Kiwiism and belonging to all Aotearoa New Zealanders. I mean, he's kind of not wrong here. They may have come up with the phrase for the drink specifically, but we've adopted the phrase to mean something more and we've definitely used things like it before. Um, it's now used to describe a wide range of local success stories. Things that are like famous in New Zealand, but not the world because we're so small. Because if it was the same success elsewhere, they may actually be known worldwide. It's that whole big fish in a small pond thing. It's like both proud and self-deprecating, like taking the mickey out of ourselves. It's very, very Kiwi. But the courts disagreed and found in favor of Coca-Cola. So I guess every time we say it now, I should be giving them money or something. I don't know how trademarks work, clearly. <laughs> but I do know that the phrase is held only by Coca-Cola New Zealand with no plans to use it overseas, which kind of makes sense because everyone overseas would probably think we're bonkers when we're saying world famous in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, anyway, so that's LMP. Uh, it's going to be pretty hard to find if you're wanting to grab a sweet taste of it because even though it's owned by Coca-Cola, I don't think they've really taken it anywhere outside of New Zealand. Apparently, they tried to crack the British market in 2010, according to some articles I found, but I have no idea how that went. Um, some specialty stores stock it um, for things like British slash 
the crown slash New Zealand stuff. So you never know. Good luck. Um, maybe my next competition will have to be for some LMP chocolate because I really don't think a bottle of fizz would travel terribly well. <laughs> News nuggets. Okay, so some news. I haven't done news nuggets in a while, but um, I wanted to share. There was some definitely some exciting things, some um, some things I wanted to talk about that happened in the last sort of week or so. So news nuggets. Okay, so we had an earthquake in New Zealand this week that was not hugely crazy strong and didn't really do too much damage or anything, but it was just a little unusual and a bit embarrassing. The 5.8 quake hit at 7... Uh, 7.53 a.m. on Monday morning. So as you can imagine, there was a fair few people scantily clad as they were rushing around getting ready for work when it hit. And I was one of them. Nothing like flinging open the bedroom door of your flat where you live with two random dudes clinging to the frame and your alcohol while the house shakes, wearing only your underwear to start your day off right. <laughs> I was hilarious and actually I worry about my survival instincts when I thought to grab my alcohol bottoms bottoms um I thought to grab my alcohol bottles before I really thought about what it would be like if they actually fell like glass and naked feet and yeah anyway my survival instincts maybe not as good as I thought but anyway that's not the unusual part it was a bendy earthquake of unusual strength for where it was located and basically they said that the pacific plate which is the top one and the cause of most of our shakes has started to droop a bit under the weight and the top of the plate undergoes like extension and cracking like what happens if you bend a plastic ruler it's been documented elsewhere that when that happens shakes can get more powerful kind of in general so that's terrifying uh, it's a timely reminder to get prepared i think to refill the earthquake kit that I ate everything out of over lockdown and remember the rules. The rules, of course, being drop, cover, hold, not drop, stand in a doorway and, and hold your alcohol, Juliet. But drop, cover yourself with something like a desk or whatever and hold on to that to make sure that you stay under there. Uh, and if you're near the coast, also remember long or strong get gone. In other words, if it's a particularly long shake or a particularly strong shake, get the hell out of there. Because, you know, casual tsunami risk. So this is Jules from NZ giving you your quake messages. Get your crap together because terrifying. Anyway. In other news nuggets, in political news, ooh, she's getting political. No, not normally, but this does need to kind of be talked about because the National Party had a leader coup this week. It was very exciting. So uh, in New Zealand, we have two kind of main parties and a few others. I'll talk about this one day, but the National Party and the Labour Party are kind of the two main ones. And currently, the Labour Party is in with Jacinda Ardern being in charge. So Simon Bridges was the leader of the National Party and he had some pretty serious backlash against him for questioning things that Jacinda was doing because most of the country was pretty happy about what Jacinda was doing. Or maybe they weren't, but they didn't think Simon's questions or what he was saying 
was any good anyway. So um, this now ex-leader was replaced by Todd Muller after a poll on party support came out at a mere 30%. So they polled 30% of the country, thought that they were doing okay, and they went, uh, because election is coming up this year. It's always been election 2020, and that would have freaked them the hell out. So despite rumours being rife for months, um, National only voted for the change on Friday last week, like five days ago from now. So I'm not sure what I think about this new guy. I haven't put off enough research to kind of give a well-rounded opinion, and I do like to do my research before I make a decision one way or the other. Weird, I know. I don't just see a Facebook meme and make a decision. Um, But I do know that when New Zealand's parliament passed a bill decriminalising abortion and allowing women to choose a termination up to 20 weeks into a pregnancy, as a social conservative, he had voted against that. So... That is, like, a mark in the bad box for me. Um, But, you know, there might be other stuff. But National is marketing themselves on the fact that New Zealand needs a government that will focus on economic recovery to get us out of the hole that COVID caused. And money focusing is kind of their whole deal, which, you know, is a fair point. But I'm not sure that every New Zealander would agree that it's the most important thing right now. More important than, like, supporting the people's schools, essential workers, etc. That, you know, like, Labour spends most of its time talking about. I don't, I, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I'll wait for the policies to be released. Maybe I'll talk about them on the podcast. And we'll just kind of see what happens at election time. Because, yep, as I said, it's coming up. Also in political news, the bill banning smoking in a car with children, meaning anyone under 18, has passed its final reading with support from all parties and will likely be law soon. Yay! Uh, It will be punishable by a $50 fine, but not for 18 months. For now, it will be met with education and warnings as it builds up to that. New Zealand has been working towards smoke-free 2025 for a while now. Um, trying to, like, we've been making changes along that way, and including hiking the prices of cigarettes just every year, again and again and again. Um, but this is a slower step towards that than some would like. But you know what? It's a good step forward anyway. Anything forward is good. Um, in terms of getting secondhand smoke away from people because obviously cigarette smoke has been proven to damage us. So why are we still doing it? And I'm I'm kind of pointing at myself here because I definitely smoked like maybe like six cigarettes last weekend because I was drinking and I still don't really know why I do it. You know, it's kind of a weird thing. I should just stop. It's super weird. It's weird. It's like it's addictive. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm sure you're wondering how we're doing with COVID-19. So here's an update. No one is in our hospitals with COVID currently. That's right. We sent them all home. Yep. They are all recovered, but probably still um, contagious. So some of them are home, but still in isolation. But that's it. This is us. You know, uh, we capped out at 21 deaths after only 95 people were admitted to hospital. In fact, we're doing so well that everyone in New Zealand is now an expert 
and firmly believes that we never should have locked down as hard as we did because of the toll it took on us financially to do so. And yes, it hurt. Many businesses went under, including people that I know, and many people, including people at my own work, took a job hit. We just found out about people that have been made redundant today, and, you know, we've been working for the last three weeks, so it's crazy. But with many in my family having medical conditions that would have meant big problems if they'd caught it, like MS and um, serious asthma and um, having had cancer, you know, in the past and stuff, like, I for one am pretty glad that my family is alive and healthy, so screw that. We handled it so well because of what we did. We pursued elimination, and in order to pursue elimination, we had to make some pretty serious choices, and you know what? We might just get elimination, which is crazy good. That is to be applauded, not scorned, but anyway, Enough about that, because the end of Jules from NZ isn't signed. So, thanks for listening in today. It's been great to talk to you about one of my favourite drinks ever, and fill you in on some New Zealand news. So, I hope you enjoyed that. If you have any questions about what's going on over here, or things you'd like to you know, mention for me to talk about. Maybe drop me a line. I got a great call in from a friend overseas, um, Brooke Matherley from the uh, Restricted Section podcast, who I will be saving for the next Jules episode because we need to talk about an Aotearoa New Zealand special food again that she mentions. So uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, P.S. The Restricted Section is this neat podcast where a bunch of like amazingly educated friends get together to do a, like a book club type talk about Harry Potter books but they do like a chapter per episode it's it's entertaining and fun and everything a Potterhead would love so go check that out and look forward to hearing from Brooke in the next episode you too could leave a message that generates an episode idea or even ends up on one of my episodes by reaching out on Anchor app it's a really easy app to use and it's super fun to talk to your friends that you listen to and I love getting messages they make my day But if you're not keen on the app, you can reach out to me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Jules Bergeser. I want to say a big, sparkly personal thanks to my gems, Lucas, Shao, Glenn, James, and Jason. I could not do this podcast without you. You literally make me feel so guilty some days that I make sure I force myself to do it, despite it being 10.30 at night right now. Um, And that's not a bad thing. You are my motivation because I really love and appreciate you guys. So my motivation is high to make sure that uh, you get something sparkly and shiny turn up in your feed. And I really hope that your day is shiny too. So, enohora, kakite ano, goodbye and see you again soon. Bye.